0: Well, my name is Mark Warren. For those of you, thank you so much. I just need one. I gotta thank you. Um, Who don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Capital Church. Um, Grace Capital Church is really about, thank you, Pastor Richie, is about helping you get ready to meet Jesus face-to-face. Thank you. I got a water. Thank you. And... I'm grateful that you are interested in following Jesus. I'm grateful that you are here and watching online to say, hey, what does Jesus' word instruct us to? And so this this new series today, I'm gonna be talking about the one big problem for love, not with love. The one big problem for love, because love has a problem. And today we're gonna talk about that problem. I believe that Jesus, we talked about this last week, I believe that Jesus is doing something very significant in our world today, and he's preparing his church, and he's moving globally. By the way, it's just not here in New Hampshire, but here in New Hampshire it is. God is moving, and people are really hungry for the Lord, but I feel like maybe there's there's a challenge for them to see Jesus. And that also has to do with this problem for love. But, but as this revival is wanting to take a place, there's one large obstacle that I want to address that's going to either accelerate the move of what Jesus wants to do, or it's going to potentially cause it to be uh, an obstacle, So I'm going to ask you just to play a game with me for one moment. You guys okay for a game? So if you're watching online, you can play this as well. So here we go. Here's the game. So I want you to just imagine for a moment that I've asked you to sell this week, to sell your car, and I want you to give the proceeds away. Remember, it's a game. I'm not actually asking you to do this. Or maybe some of you are saying, well, I don't have a car, so this game's really easy for me. Maybe look at your bank account, whatever amount you have. And if we're in a zero balance, we're going to have to have a different conversation. You need to go to FPU, Financial Peace University for that one. But, um, I, or maybe I'm going to ask you to give away half of your bank account. So that's the game we're playing. Either sell your car, give the money away, or half of your bank account, um, liquidate it, give half away. All right, did you mentally do that? Okay, so my question is, how many people, if I actually asked you to do that, would be able to do that? Raise your hand. Well done, well done. Well done, wow, some of you. It would be a challenge for me, quite frankly. Um, So for those of you who didn't raise your hand, I want you to answer the question in your mind what were the obstacles for you being able to do that? Well, it was just a person who asked me. Wasn't it? If Jesus asked me, then, then I'd be okay with that. Or I, maybe I won't have enough. Or that's my means of transportation. I only have one vehicle. Or, you know, that's my retirement. I can't give that away. What are the reasons that... And I, I would link those reasons, though, to reasons that have to do with your heart. Well, there's another um, revival time that has taken place. If you want to turn with me to Acts chapter five, it's another story about somebody who was, I don't know if they were asked, but it was obviously evident that they were needing to sell something. And, um, Acts chapter 5, by the way, if you have our Grace Capital Church app, you can just download that. If you don't have it, download it now, and you can find the Bible um, on the app. If you're watching online, Acts chapter 5 is coming right in the chat box right next to you. We want to thank uh, Victoria, who is our online pastor, um, to help you for those who are online today. Well, here's the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Do you recall this story? Let me just read it um, for you and so I don't mistell this story. It's a fascinating story. Place yourself in this story, if you will. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? Two times he's talking about his heart here. Have you not lied to man, but to God? When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last breath. And great fear came upon all who heard it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Well, you think that's bad enough. It goes on. (laughs) After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land and for how much? And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last breath. When the young men came in and found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband, and great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. So let me be clear. It's not about the money. The story is not about the money. The story is about the heart. When he's going in there and he's talking about, hey, you sold, which would be really like this, by the way, put it in context, it's like, Somebody sold your lot today here in New Hampshire, uh, an average lot or a field might go for $50,000, dollars $100,000. And so they sold it, and then they determined that they were, and they're going to give it to the early church, the apostles, Peter, um, to be distributed as they saw fit. And yet they kind of said, hey, you know what, we're just not going to give it all, we're going to keep some back. Now, the point was that Peter said, Hey, it doesn't matter if you decide you're going to keep some back. What what mattered is you were being deceptive. (laughs) He was challenging and testing their heart. And as a result, they actually both died that day. Now, I'm not saying today that if you are not fully giving to the Lord, not fully responding, or if there's deception in your heart, you're going to fall over dead today. (laughs) But. I think it makes a compelling case to understand that God is looking at our heart. God is looking at our heart. So what is the biggest problem for love today? Love has a problem, and I say the problem is our heart. Our heart. We're gonna talk about a little bit about our heart because our heart has some challenges. In Jeremiah 17, verse 9, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked, who can know it? So the interesting thing about this message is you don't have to look very far to kind of um, play some scenarios out, because we're talking about what's in your heart. And only you and God really knows what's in your heart. So here's the interesting thing. The Bible says in the last days which I believe were in the last days, this will be the condition of people's heart. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says this, but understand this, in the last days, there will become some difficult times. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying the power. Okay, interestingly enough, we have to remember that this is Paul's letter to Timothy, and he's really going to be addressing the Christians. He's addressing, okay, these are the signs of times, but watch out, he's saying, watch out. Now, I just read a long list, and I was like, man, he really exhausted that list of some things that can be not so nice in our heart. But did you find anything in that list that relates to you? Let me just read it again. Lovers of yourself. In other words, you're looking to yourself more than you look to others. Lovers of money. I can't quite give it. Proud. Arrogant. Abusive. Disobedient to the parents. All you young people in the room, young people watching. Are you disobedient to mom and dad? Ungrateful. That isn't that interesting. Ungrateful is in that list unholy, heartless, unappeasable. In other words, you're, you're just unsatisfied always, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. If you had a choice, do you watch Netflix or do you spend time with God? Do you, whatever your pleasure is, right? What are those things? So interestingly, um, the very last thing that it says in first, Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, verse 5 says this, because by the way, you've, you've found yourself in that verse, right? Because I know I did. It goes on to say, avoid such people. So my question is, how do you avoid yourself? <sighs> or maybe, just maybe we shouldn't be Anything in that list shouldn't be in our life. Well, the good news, even though this is what the condition of the heart is, Jeremiah says it's deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Then it says all these qualities that have come from the heart, by the way. But I have some good news for you. The good news is Jesus is in the heart transformation business. but it will take our willingness to be humble before the Lord and allow him to do the deep work in our lives that he wants to do. I love this psalm. The psalmist of 139, verse 23, 24 says, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. In this, it says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Could we say that today? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Would you be willing to say that to the Lord today? Because that's the beginning of the journey for the Lord to have access to. Our heart is giving him permission because he's so gracious, he's so gentle, he never forces himself into our lives. So remember we said at the beginning that we're in this revival time, right, and this emerging revival time, and I said there's a problem with love, and, and actually the problem with love is our heart. And we're asking the Lord, search my heart, O God. Because here is the interesting thing. If for the world to know who Jesus is, we have to have our heart that's right before God. Because here's the verse, John 13, 35. It says, by this all people will know that you are my disciples. By how? If you have love for one another... Okay, so now you're talking about our hearts that have some, maybe some wicked ways or some challenges in it. But do you realize that this self-love that he's talking about in 2 Timothy it will be in contrast to understanding how we love each other? Because the way that we are to love each other, we have to think about ourselves a whole lot less. We have to Allow Jesus to do a lot of heart transformation that our lives are not about us. What's in it for me? You hurt my feelings. I cut off relationship. I want pleasure rather than caring about my neighbor. You see, as long as we're lovers of ourselves and thinking about ourselves, we're not thinking about our neighbor. We're not thinking about our coworker. We're not thinking about our friend. We'll be preoccupied with our own life, and we'll find that the light that Jesus wants to shine out of us, out of us and out of our heart would be dim. This is why I believe Jesus is asking us to go on a series, on a journey, on a path to understand the way of love, the way of love because unfortunately our heart gets us tripped up so many times and and it puts in the obstacles for the world to see who Jesus is and it says the world will see by our love for each other and so we have to learn how to love each other really well and i know i've been on this journey myself and i i am so falling short but I'm so determined to allow Jesus to do the work in my heart that's necessary that I can love better. Why? Because I care about people and I care that they would know Jesus because without knowing Jesus, they spend eternity in separation, in darkness, in pain, and torment. And I want everybody to have the full life, the everlasting life that comes through Jesus Christ. So, would you be willing to go on this journey with me? Would you be willing to lay your heart before Jesus and say, Jesus, test my heart? See if there's any wickedness in there. See if there's any selfishness in there. You see, I I want to love others generously and selflessly so people will see Jesus and I know I'm not there yet. Love is always about giving. And too often at the time, I think about how, does, how are things affecting me? How does this affect my life? And I, I want preferences, and I want my way, and I'm realizing that's never been Jesus' way. Jesus' way was always about giving to others, not about what I can get for myself. Remember John 3.16. We, we know this Verse. For God so loved the world. See, God is love. That he gave. Love is giving. That he gave his only son. Love is sacrifice. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But here's the good news of this. When we learn to love the way that Jesus wants us to love, Life actually will come to us. For God so loved the world that He gave. Giving, we here in North America, in the West, in New England, in New Hampshire, in our lives, we feel like somehow when we give, that it's going to leave us depleted. Like we're not going to have as much for me. But the reality is, in the kingdom of God, the giving is what, giving away is what actually allows you to receive the life that He wants you to have. that does preach, by the way. (laughs) And I do want you to receive that. But it so cuts against the grain, and the worship team can come at this time, it cuts against the grain of everything that we, we function in the flesh. But we're not to be living for the flesh, we're to be living for the spirit. And our spirit needs to learn how to live in the kingdom of God, not just in the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of this world is what our flesh lives in. But it will always work in contrast to, and it'll be contrary to the kingdom of God. That's why the Bible says, be in the world, but not of it. So the problem with love, or the problem for love, is our heart. That's the obstacle. But we have the opportunity to say, here's my heart, God, here's my heart, Jesus, we give you permission to come in. And by the way, the journey of healing might be, it might be this, it might not feel really great at first, but it's only for him to bring healing. You know, one of the greatest things to uh, overcome an obstacle or a problem in your life is to first admit the problem. Right, if you've done Celebrate Recovery, or if you've done anything that's uh, a 10 step or just general life of acknowledgement, right, is to first acknowledge that you have a problem. I want to acknowledge to you I have a problem, that my heart is selfish, and I don't want it to be selfish because I want the light of Jesus to be shown in my life. And so I have to keep coming before him and say, test my heart, oh God. See if there's any wicked way in it. See if there's any wicked way in it. Ananias and Sapphira, for them, their deception of their heart was life and death. It was the deception in their heart that caused them to, their life to be taken from them. Now, I don't know about the deception in our hearts if it's life and death for us. But it is life and death for those around us. It is because if our selfishness prevents the life of Jesus to be his light and life to shine through us, that's life and death for our neighbors, our co-workers, our family. I just I just don't want to have anything in my heart that keeps people away from Jesus. I need Jesus to transform my heart. And I bet you need Jesus to transform your heart. Because if your heart is anything like my heart, there's things in there that still need healing. There's things in there that are selfish. There's things in there that make it about you and not about others. Would you pray with me Psalm 139 maybe you need to write this down and all week this week you you just Psalm 139 23 and 24 and say this search me oh god make it a prayer search me oh god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts point out anything that is offending you, Lord, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today, and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in and maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We wanna say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.